Hello, and welcome to NANCAST. I'm Jill, your host. As NICU nurses or APRNs, we have all at one time thought of how we could design or develop products or technology better than what is currently being utilized. We often question if a nurse was even asked for input during product design, but we sell ourselves short and say we are just a nurse and cannot impact change in product development. But we are so much more than nurses, we are innovators. Nursing as a profession provides a unique perspective to design teams developing technologies in healthcare. We possess expert knowledge about our workflow and environment that can prove very useful to our industry partners and research scientists. How can we, as NICU nurses and APRNs, enter the world of product and technology development and engage stakeholders to innovate change? To inspire us and to teach us to move into action, I am joined with the leading clinical expert in industry, Dr. Karen Becker, and nursing research scientist, Dr. Katherine Dudding. Dr. Karen Becker has over 30 years of healthcare experience in the international healthcare settings as a neonatal nurse practitioner, as well as 18 years of experience in medical product development. She is currently the Global Clinical Director for the Maternal Infant Care Business Unit in GE Healthcare. She has been in a variety of roles, including product surveillance leader, clinical education specialist, clinical marketing, and global clinical director. Karen has been involved with all phases of product development, including voice of customer, usability, design validation, evidence generation, and internal and external customer training content development. She has several patents in device innovation. As an embedded nurse scientist in GE Healthcare Maternal Infant Care Business, she thrives on her passion to bring professional experience and observations into business strategy and product development to solve the challenges of those caring for the world's tiniest population and their families. Our nurse scientist, Dr. Katherine Dudding, has 25 years as an experienced neonatal nurse, clinical lead, educator, and researcher. She earned her PhD in nursing from the University of Arizona with a focus in informatics and a minor in cognitive science focusing on artificial intelligence and machine learning. She is an assistant professor at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, where she teaches in the MSN informatics track. Her research focuses on increasing our understanding of neonates with pain. In particular, she studies neonate-to-nurse communication of pain for quicker pain relief to improve outcomes for neonates using a technology-based intervention. Let's get right into it. Thank you, Kathy and Karen, for joining us today. So we all know NICU nurses have a unique clinical experience that is often not utilized in innovations of new technology and product development. And in every shift, every day, we all experience clinical problems in the NICU, and we try to do our best to solve them um, and manage those problems the best way we can with what we have. What motivated you both to join together and collaborate and have a conversation about bringing nurses to innovation? Okay, well, Karen, I'll, I'll start. Um, so this whole conversation started out as a uh, generous, very nice email from Karen. Uh, Dr. Gephardt and I had written an editorial for advances, and um, Dr. Becker reached out to us 
and wanted to pursue further conversation regarding the editorial on nurses informing technology. And that's what really started it. We had a conversation, which then has kind of snowballed now into this this podcast. So it was just um, just a, a great beginning to a great conversation for our neonatal nurses. So as an industry partner, Karen, what made you feel that you needed to reach out to the people of NAN and to get an editorial um, out in advances? I think it was important to respond to a question that often comes up or, or feedback that we hear that, um, who innovated on this, right? Where was the nurse? Was the nurse at the table? And it felt to me like it asked the right questions, but there was more to give in terms of how nurses do contribute significantly to the development of products um, that help care for moms and babies, adults, anyone. Um, Whether you're in a hospital or outside, there is a significant contribution that I felt like we could further the story, further that editorial to say, and the next steps are. Because the one thing that the article could, the editorial could have led to is, yes, we agree, we agree, but no action. So what is the action if you have a concept? What, what would your steps be if you are an innovator or you, you have a great idea or you want to see improvement? What is it that you can do, whether you're a student, a bedside nurse, a nurse leader, an educator, a researcher? There is a place for you in product development. And I think a bedside nurse, unfortunately, and I hate this, thinks of themselves as just a nurse and that they can't contribute to product development because they're a bedside nurse. And how do I get involved? And how do I reach out to say, I have this great innovation that can improve X, Y, or Z um, because we're at the bedside, we're at the trenches, so to speak. So we're seeing products that aren't um, effective and we're seeing a lot of workarounds and a lot of um, creativity around how we utilize a product, even technology too. Um, so I think that the editorial was really important for nurses to realize that they, they do have a voice. Um, it's just a matter of like, how do I proceed? And that's why I think it's so important that we're having this conversation because innovation is such a hot topic, but it can be so much more for nurses and especially bedside nurses. And I, and I also wanted to use the editorial as, a, as an opportunity to demonstrate how you can proceed in that, right? How you can partner with someone that actually wants to partner with you. And part of the purpose and my personal purpose is that industry is not the enemy. <laughs> we are here to partner with you. We're, we haven't, so many nurses have said to me, Karen, as a nurse practitioner, you've gone to the dark side. No, <laughs> I, I, have, I have evolved and I have expanded my career as a nurse practitioner globally because of industry. And part of that role is delivering the same care understanding that care and bringing it back to the wonderful engineers and designers that are trying to understand our workflow, right? So again, the editorial gave us that opportunity to say, wait a minute, let us all be friends. Let's all sit at the table together. And everybody has a voice here. 
and you have an open book to listen. So how does a nurse attending a conference, right? Perfect way, go to the booth, right? And say, hey, I have an idea. Who can you put me in contact with on your research and development team? If you get an invitation to a focus group, go. Don't, don't assume that, oh, it's here to sell me something. I, I don't make those decisions, right? No, actually, it's your opportunity for input. And you'd be very surprised at how granular some of the questions may be. Um, do you want a button on the right side or on the, on the left side? It, it, it really is about the design, about how you interact with any device, how you use that to enhance your workflow to give the best possible care that you want to achieve. Now, I would like to tag on what Karen's saying, you know, just from the academic academia part, you know, I'm a, a neonatal nurse researcher and um, I've, I've heard the same thing of you've gone to the dark side. Well, it really hasn't. In fact, my nursing career inspired me to go and obtain a PhD and, and um, really I wanted to give back not only to the nursing profession, but I wanted to innovate to provide a tool to the bedside nurses to assist them just a tool to assist them, not to replace them, which, you know, some people associate technology with replacement of nurses. No, it, that's not it at all. It's it's more assisting them. I, as a well-seasoned nurse, I won't say how many <laughs> years I was practicing, um, but I know that that environment, I know what works and what doesn't work. And so I wanted what I'm innovating to be able to assist them and to decrease their workflow and to have them have those uh, eyes at the bedside 24 hours, even though they're not standing at that bedside and they're at, with another baby. So I, that is one way that I feel like I can give back to the nursing profession and our neonatal nurses. And I love that you guys both mentioned like the dark side and how there's <laughs> such like, a, you know, an us versus them kind of way to feel, but we really do need to collaborate and try to, you know, form these relationships and bonds. Because I'll be honest, sometimes going to those conferences and going into the exhibition hall and seeing all of the industry partners can be intimidating. And, you know, talking to um, a nurse scientist and, you know, you might feel, well, I'm a bedside nurse, so I have, I shouldn't be talking to these people, but they, you know, they need us. They need the industry partners, the academic world, that they need the bedside nurse and they need our input. Because how else are we going to improve the outcomes? We're all there for the baby, right? We all have a common, you know, common goal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we need to try to get rid of that us versus them um, mentality. And like you said, Karen, like go up to them and say, I have this great idea because maybe they don't, they're not always, the engineers aren't a bedside nurse. They don't know that the button on the left makes no sense because we'll never be on the left side. We always stay on the right side of the bed. Um, so that's that's important that we have those open uh, communications and not be intimidated um, or feel that our uh, voice and opinion doesn't matter. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I have to say, I was at a, a conference last year and I, I love going in the innovation hall. Um, it's, it's very inspiring. And I like to talk to the people who, who are there representing their products. But, um, you know, I came upon this one uh, particular product and, you know, I'm like, this, this doesn't make sense. And they're like, well, what do you mean it doesn't make sense? I'm like, did you have any nurses, a part of like a focus group or something? And, 
And they're like, well, well, yeah, we did. They said they did. I, yeah. I, I really doubt they did. But they're like, well, what would you recommend? I mean, they were more than willing to get my feedback. And so I, I gave them some suggestions. And just like you said, and Karen said, they are very willing to listen to you and to take that feedback forward back to their company. So I think it's important that as nurses think, what is it that they're trying to share what is wonderful about their solution is that they're helping those that are trying to solve it understand what it is. What is the problem you were having? And we may ask you a hundred times, why, why, why? Because really, truly understanding that foundational problem that you are doing your work around for, right? How, you know, interpreting that back to the, again, the engineers and the design team really helps them concretely, number one, all agree on the problem that they're solving on with the right understanding of what it is. So then when you bring a variety of users, whether it's the clinicians, the families, the nurses, right? IT, biomed, your cleaning staff are critical on when they're using cleaning devices, right? How they reassemble it, how they bring it back. Um, physicians and imaging, bringing all those partners together as opportunities into what is the problem that we're trying to solve? How do we really get very specific about what the requirement is that we are designing the solution for? That sets a great, really lighthouse vision for the design teams to know what they're trying to innovate for. Well, and it's it's interesting. I often find that when nurses are doing workarounds or using the product and not in its intended manner, they're mixing up the process so nurses can um, do whatever their task is successfully. Um, that oftentimes that workaround is key into the solution to the problem. Um, and perhaps that if they would have had, if they did have nursing a nursing voice, or if they didn't, that will provide them the content that they do need to be successful with that innovation. In the editorial, I noticed for workarounds, you use the word disruptions, and that just spoke so much to me because that's exactly that's what's happening because the product or the technology is not developed correctly for our use and that disrupts how we use it and then we have to create the workaround and like you said like if if you're not asking the nurse what's what are the disruptions how are you going to create a better product so that was a wonderful way of bringing the importance of having a nurse involved and at the table um, for, you know, product development and innovation and technology design, I think. Yeah. And I mean, oftentimes that disruption, which it doesn't matter what technology it is, it's always going to cause a disruption in that nurse workflow um, initially. Um, but if we have good stakeholder engagement, we have the end user, the nurse, or the rest of the healthcare team involved at the design phase, then that technology can more easily be embraced by those who are using it and can be used appropriately. I want to add that, you know, we, we're, we're talking frequently about workarounds, right? Nurses are the best at finding duct tape and fixing things. So when, when a solution comes, and some are often disappointed that that solution is not implemented, 
And when you take a step back and say, it is a great idea, but then when you look at the quality and or the risk that um, come with that solution, it's the one side that I find often many users don't think about. It's like, oh, what happens if I do implement that and something goes wrong? And that's where when you really hand off your idea um, to design teams, they critically think through multiple layers of risk factors of things that could go wrong. It's very much, you know, nurses hear often plan, do, check, act, right? The plan, do, check, act cycle. And it's, it's doing that over and over and implementing and then going back. And that's where clinicians on the team within, within the industry are really expert at identifying what are the clinical hazards? What's the potential risk to the user or the patient, right? And then engineers are fabulous at what is the risk of electrical quality, safety, all the other aspects, components that go into the design. So we all wanna pitch in and say, here, I've got the perfect solution, but we always have to balance it with what is the risk of that solution that all users will use it as intended. So do you, as a clinical expert, do you look at the product and think, how can a nurse work around this? Like, are you forward thinking and thinking, okay, what's a nurse going to do with this and how could they alter it in a way to make it, I don't know, more effective for them or offer a different solution? So you're, you work through that pathway as well? Yeah. So manufacturers are required to do good usability. We hear about ergonomics, usability, human factors, right? We have fabulous usability teams that we are required to have them think through. Um, so certainly the clinical team works with them um, to say, you know, what would be a scenario? Let, let's just walk through a typical scenario when you just sit back and you observe. And a lot of the observations will lead you to, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? And then when you do a debrief, just like we do in our simulation training, right? And you talk through, like, what were you, help us understand what you were thinking. Not right or wrong, just help us understand so that we can evaluate that. So there is a lot of thinking forward about what could go wrong, um, whether it's attaching something, whether it is um, assembling, whether it is cleaning, whether it is pushing and moving, right? What are all the things that could go wrong to the patient, the user, a visitor, right? And remember that user is so broad um, as to who could really be interacting with the device. Makes you respect the devices that you use every day that much more knowing how much, I mean, like you said, like nurses aren't at the table, so we don't know what goes into all of these product development and product design. And, you know, we just, they just show up with a product, trial this, tell us if you like it, if you like it, we'll buy it. But, you know, you don't realize what went into it to get it to uh, the unit to, well, and, to work and with that's, it. That's where I, again, I found the value of the editorial. Like, wow, the door was open. Let's now talk you through those next steps of how nursing is critical and how nursing input does come into product development. And even us inside manufacturing on these development teams, like, you know, we have really great solutions and they always don't get implemented because of that risk or because of maybe it just can't be manufactured. Maybe it, it's too expensive for any of us, right? 
And so there's a lot of considerations that go into it and really helping, I believe, the clinical community understand what good innovation looks like, I think is critical. And that's what the editorial led to. And it's like, okay, here are the next steps. So again, I'll go back to, um, if you are a bedside nurse, utilize those focus group, look for those opportunities, ask who it is in the business that you can talk to on the research and development side. If you're a student and you're doing a DMP program or a PhD program, share your knowledge, reach out to industry, share your knowledge because that spearheads solutions. You're setting that foundation. And educators are huge, right? They do a lot of simulation. They learn techniques that they can share for best practices. Nurse leaders, certainly, absolutely have a lot of insights into the many, many pressures and the factors that influence their decision as to what's going to work best for their staff, right? Nurse researchers always reach out to manufacturers. You are helping develop that evidence. And while most will say, I need your funding support, what's important, maybe you don't, maybe you just need our clinical consultation or engineering consultation to know that the device that you're testing you're actually using it properly because sometimes some of the devices that are used are your old ones or whatever you could get your hands on, <laughs> right? And maybe, yeah, we've forgotten how to use it. So nurse researchers really reach out to the manufacturer. Are you using the device? Is there something we can lend support to in terms of just education and knowledge? The QI teams, risk management teams, they do a lot, you know, what if, what is impacting neonatal care right now? Neonatal hypothermia on admission, right? QI, a lot of QI projects around that. Reach out. We're certainly there. And then those focus groups again. So there are so many ways to be providing insights into the future of what a exceptional caregiving device can be to support you. And that I think that's what the editorial led you to is what next? What do I do? Well, I think that what this also brings to light, and I hope those who are listening to this, that they understand that nurses really are involved behind the scenes in industry and academia, and that we are listening to them. We are hearing what their problems and struggles are. And, you know, just like Karen said, if if a solution isn't working, reach out to industry and and see if if something could be done about it. Hey, this isn't working for my environment for X, Y, and Z. And you know, industry will really appreciate appreciate those um, that feedback on that product. And if I can add one thing, there is in letting us know what your experience is is so important because um, we've all learned just working on our units, right? When you find one or two other people that say, oh, I had that same experience, it changes something, right? Well, the more that we learn what the experiences are, the good and the bad, the more that we use that into our thought process of collective information that helps us understand what is that strategy. Again, go back, understand the problem, and then move forward. I know you, you talked about um, 
industry and education and providing the knowledge and, you know, working with the education team at the institution where you work. And I can't stress how important that is as a bedside nurse when we get a new product, uh, you know, introduced in the unit, that the industry clinical expert comes to the unit and provides the in-services and provides education and then can listen to our questions and our concerns and then, you know, come back a few months later after we implemented this new product. How is it working out for you? Are you having issues? What can we do to make it better? That builds so much trust and acceptance of the new product and device as opposed to, you know, just maybe the education team telling you, oh, we got this new blah, blah system. This is how you use it. I love when it's the clinical expert from the industry that comes and forms that, you know, relationship. And then we realize, hey, they're here for us. They're here to make our lives better. And I think that makes the nurses have so much more of an acceptance of that new product, and they actually uh, utilize it and understand how important it is for the babies. I, I completely agree. I mean, just as a bedside nurse, when the representative for the product would come in and do the in-service, I would always look at their card and see, <laughs> is it a nurse? And, you know, <laughs> If it was a nurse, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's a yeah. nurse. <laughs> talk to us about this product. And you're right. It does create a, a trust among the nurses, more acceptance of the new product. And it just makes for a great collegial, really, uh, relationship there. And especially when they do come back in a month or two to follow up. That doesn't, it's not always the case. But when they do come back and follow up, I mean, I think that's just great. It's or really great. Or even just like we email them like, oh, you know, we've had such and such an issue. And then they tell you, oh, you're using it wrong. All you have to do is, <laughs> oh, okay, love that product now. Thanks for that update. But, you know, that's that's what's so important, you know, that we know that they value our input. Um, and it could be simple as re-education on how to use it. And it's it'll be effective and you'll love it. And it'll make your, your life better, easier, and will help you with those clinical problems that you had. Mm -hmm. And, and Jill, I, I think education is so important. And many times you think, well, I've had this device for 10 years or 15 years. The next device coming, oh, I know. So I don't need the education. I think we all have to take a step back and recognize that because of the demands, not only of the nursing shortage, the loss of the mature nursing colleagues that use that mentored all of us and because of the loss of time to actually dedicate to to training we should take every opportunity that we can not to re-educate but to me often it is to educate because um that's a piece i think we really miss and we assume that you know when i when i bring one product to my unit, it's gonna be the same thing as the product I had previously. And we really need to understand what are the changes, what are the updates, what didn't you actually know you had that you do have <laughs> that makes your product even better? And, and we certainly hear that all the time, but we understand because you're trying to press so much into whatever time you can get from the staff. So we appreciate creative ways like, hey, the best way to work with my staff is you know, X, Y, or Z, or, hey, we really would like to have our education delivered in this type of format. We think a lot about that, too. So even that type of feedback is incredibly important to us. Now, and I think that's a great 
uh, tie into nursing is really an occupation of lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. And we have to be lifelong learners, whether it be in services of new products to reading our journals to the new most evidence-based practice. I mean, that 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 is so key as is nurses of life, as lifelong learners and continuing that to be the best nurse we can be for our babies. Oh, exactly. And ask those curious questions. I love that. I love that term. Curious. Like we ask questions all the time and now it's OK. We ask those curious questions. What can we do as nurses, as innovators now, because we are inspired by listening to this conversation, like how can we improve our outcomes with the innovations that we have and how can we answer those curious questions, um, QI, that could lead to amazing product development, technology, Um, you know, it's it's all related and we need to work, you know, together and collaborate and not see each other's enemies. Absolutely. I think it's about engagement, um, Jill. I think there is power in engagement and recognition and never saying you're just a nurse. I know. I hate that. that. So every opportunity that I get to engage, well, we're just a nurse. We're not. No, no. Everyone has a critical voice and engage. Find, Find that avenue that helps you be heard, but also recognize you know, you're on the manufacturing side, we're taking in a lot of those insights. It takes time. And I think those that have had the opportunity to be in any type of um, usability testing or focus groups, they start to learn a little bit of actually how long this process takes. And so the frustration can kind of be uh, a little bit settled by just learning again. What What is this whole process of getting my idea, my solution, or my voice into that product? Well, what's so cool about focus groups or nurses being a part of this is that you're gathering insights and experiences from a wide range of nurses. Everyone perceives experiences differently, has had different experiences differently, and it just makes the product and the whole the whole process so much richer and it could just really be something very powerful not only for um, the product being a great product but it could be very empowering to nurses in general and I, I just think this is just a, a great way and uh, where nurses could be empowered further and you know who knows what that might lead to this might empower them to go and get a DMP to get a PhD to become a nurse leader to be involved with policy it, it runs the gamut and I mean this is this is what nursing is all about exactly exactly and like we keep saying, we've all experienced this every day, whether you're a bedside nurse and academics or you're a clinical expert um, for industry. And we are all experiencing the same clinical situations in the NICU, no matter where you are across the country, across the world. So we keep talking about all of the amazing products that we have in us to develop and design, but what would you consider a poor poorly designed technology or a poorly designed product that just doesn't work and what went into that and why isn't it working well for um, our babies in the NICU? Well, I will say, and this is a classic example that 
absolutely everyone can relate to is when we went from paper charting to electronic charting and the inadequacies of the system that we were trying to do our job with. Um, oftentimes we were faced with a hospital system adopting an electronic health record that was not um, designed specifically for the neonatal environment. And so, for instance, um, and I speak from personal experience, we, um, we went electronic and there was nowhere on the new electronic health record system where we could chart our um, servo mode or set mode for temperature. And so we asked the IT people, you know, where do we chart this? And they're like, well, you can either chart it under exceptions, under nursing notes, or you don't chart it at all. And I'm like, well, that's that's really important to know. I mean, if we don't know what our set is on our isolate and baby's temperature is running high or low, how are we going to know? And they basically uh, was told that if it doesn't affect 80% of the hospital, that this customization to the electronic health record will not be done. And which I thought was kind of scary because we know, and this is in the literature everywhere, that when we don't have these customizations, this can lead to poor design and can risk um, to patient safety and, and even worse, potentially. So that is a, a very smart, uh, a very uh, classic example of how poor design did not benefit the neonatal environment. Yeah, and that, like you said, it's it was a product that was launched for adult bedside nurses, and they launched it not even thinking at all the effects that it would have in the, in the NICU environment, because they probably didn't ask any NICU nurses how would this work for your uh, environment? What specific needs do you have? What, how can we build this to help you? And it's okay now we have to piecemeal this together. Like you had to say, we need a a, a row for um for temperature we need this because like you said if it's not documented we all know it you didn't do it so we we have to have that available and you know you're not going to spend extra time hunting through for the exceptions or whatever he told you to document it we all know that's not going to be done the exact reason why nurses need to be specific nurses need to be involved in um, design or absolutely or the nurses were a part of it and unfortunately their suggestions went on, um, were not valued, and so it wasn't added. Yeah, and I, and I would say that, you know, often the design may be great, but it just doesn't match the workflow. Right. So when it doesn't match the workflow, you may have a, a really high-quality product, maybe something that really did work, and you could say yes, but then when you're actually implemented into the workflow, maybe your infrastructure wasn't ready for it yet, right? Maybe your team dynamics weren't ready for it. And then what happens? To me, what bad looks like is something that ends up in a closet because it was misunderstood, <laughs> never comes out of a box, uh -huh. or is up on a shelf, right? Uh -huh. Or, um, you know, wasn't something that you really sat down and say, okay, we're going to take a day and we're just going to have simulations and we're just going to work through different workflows and help make this part of our workflow, not us part of that workflow for the device. 
or it wasn't properly rolled out with the education. The, the nurses on the unit were just given a manual and said, here, figure it out. There was no follow through or buy-in from the end user as the nurse. So, and, and that really leads me, Jill, to kind of what does good look like? Definitely. That was my next question. Like, uh, how, how can we do this effectively? Yeah. I, I think you end up with a quality product, something that is tested, seamless, intuitive, and reliable. When you really do have a, a, a partner that has delivered a product to you that has been tested numerous times through prototyping, through different workflows, because let's face it, each of our labor and delivery and NICU and care teams, they differ, right? Mm -hmm. And make that even broader by saying you now have a product that goes globally. Imagine the variety of differences that they are. So Good looks like something that seamlessly can go into your team's infrastructure, have the flexibility for you to adapt it to meet the care that you're trying to deliver. Oh, and I was just going to add, and I, I said this before, just where the nurse's input is valued so that that product can seamlessly be adopted across nationally, globally, all units. And I think all of everybody at the bedside can tell which products that we're using on a daily basis have had a lot of nursing implementation or in, nursing input versus probably not as much um, input from a nurse. And, and I think this is the environment, the maternal infant care environment is the place you also have to include the parents. Yep. Mm-hmm. How are the parents viewing the products in the environment that they may be in for maybe hours to weeks to months, right? They have a huge place in providing insights into product design as well. And that could be anything from alarms, right? Just the sounds. It, you know, what does that mean to them? How are they responding? And how do they view, the, view their baby? You know, are they looking at a monitor all day? Are they looking through some acrylic glass all day? What is it that can help this a better experience for the families? And I think that's a big piece that really needs to be thought about as we look at product design as well. And oftentimes I, I think the parents talk about this to the bedside nurse to say, oh, I wish this would do this or this would be so much easier if we had this X, Y, or Z. And, I, and that's important to bring that to the table as well, that this is something that we've been hearing from the parents. We know if we know of parents that have um, come back to us as a, a industry partner, and they've written books on their experience, and they talk about the environment and everything that comes with that environment, and it's just it is such a perspective not to lose sight of what's happening to that family, and as much as we know. Um, the nurses are critical, the entire care team is critical, but including those family, even in something like product design, is so important. I, I absolutely concur with you, uh, Karen. It, the families are interacting with products just as much as the nurses and the other healthcare providers um, at the bedside. Um, oftentimes, I have had uh, parents say, oh, um, do they make uh, an 
an off uh, market brand that I can buy like on Amazon that I can take that product at home and I'm like, well, maybe, I don't know. But I mean, that, that just shows you how much they value that product. They value it, but it also provides us insights back on again, when we think about the quality and safety of the product, we also have to think about what are all those unintended uses and potential interactions that, again, our design and engineering teams really need to think through to say, all right, and what if this were, ha what if this user, what if this person did this or that? Many places have siblings in their units, right? So what is it about a young child being around all the numerous different products that are in a hospital that, you know, designers need to take into consideration for safety? You're absolutely right. I was, uh, as a researcher, I was in the NICU and um, there were several children at the bedside. And I'm like, oh my goodness, thank goodness I'm able to lock the equipment just in case <laughs> little fingers came touching, you know, everything was locked down so nothing would happen. But you're absolutely right. That's that's a great example of how it, it's not just the parents, but you have to think of those little siblings that might be um, at the bedside with us observing this great family center care that we're all now doing in the NICU. How can we as bedside nurses influence good design like you were discussing into product development and technology? I think that nurses are critical in providing their insights, their voices into product development and by actively engaging, whether it is um, contacting manufacturers, if it is contacting researchers, if it is um, sharing your experiences, joining focus groups, and pick up the phone, right? And let be engaged. We are uh, willingly looking for a collaboration. Uh, we are friends all at one table, and it will take all of us to innovate on designs for the future. And, and I would also like to tail on and just reiterate that we as nurses at the bedside are knowledgeable. We are the domain experts for our environment. We have a lot to bring to the table and not let um, uh, someone who has a higher degree than you do to intimidate you not to have a voice and say, hey, this product could be better through this way. Um, so I would just really encourage nurses to reach out to industry, like Karen said, to a nurse researcher. I mean, you just sky's the limit. And ultimately, we just want to have optimal health outcomes for our neonates. And that's one way how we're going to do it. Uh, thank you both uh, for joining me today. I hope that everything that we talked about inspires others to move to action and solve these NICU problems that we are all experiencing. And I hope that we can take these lessons that we learned today and engage our coworkers, industry, our nursing researchers that we know to believe that we do have the power to make change and ultimately improve outcomes for our little babies. So thank you guys for inspiring and empowering all of us. Make sure you never miss an episode of NANCAST by subscribing now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks for your support and letting us into your ears. Have a great day. <laughs>